the optimal life. So how are you able to do this podcast with us, living in the wilderness, in the woods, the mountains? You, you've got this nice little backdrop and you've got Wi-Fi. How is that possible? Uh, yes, it is a beautiful Saturday morning in the Black Mountains. So I live in Black Mountain, North Carolina, outside of Asheville. And it is absolutely gorgeous spring. A lot of black bears just chilling in the front yard sometimes. <laughs> and you had one come through this morning, I hear. Uh, over the past few days, just just chilling, mom yeah. and, and baby. Now, when you see a black bear outside your house, uh, does that intimidate you or are you comfortable with that? Well, when I first moved here, I was terrified because I'm from Florida, so no no bears, just chilling. Um, and it was really intimidating just looking outside my window and just eye contact straight <laughs> into the eyes of a huge black bear at night in a cottage and I'm alone. Uh, but now it's like, you know, they're chill. They're like so sweet and gentle and they're more afraid of you. So I don't now, know. There's no grizzlies out there, are there? No, but if we're talking grizzly bears, I will run for my life which I think you're not <laughs> supposed to do. But grizzly bears are a different type of breed, for sure. I think with a grizzly bear, you're supposed to um, try okay. to get it down a hill, right? If there's any kind uh, of if there's any kind of hills or mount, you know, ledges, slopes, they, they they can't they can't run down like that. Okay, that so I've heard. So I've heard. Don't take my advice. If you're getting attacked by a bear, don't come sue me because you try to run down a hill and it didn't work. So. Well, I always think of that, you know, you don't really know how you're going to respond to a situation like that in the moment. Like, who are you really in the face of danger? Uh, are you going to you know, fight? Or are you going to freeze? I think if it was a grizzly bear, I might just have to pray because <laughs> I don't know. They are scary. And you would obviously be praying to God. Yes, I am very much uh, a woman of, of faith in that. I call it God. I call it spirit. I call it source. Um, I like to connect with people wherever they are on their faith journey, whatever that means for them. Um, we all have an intimate personal relationship with God. And who am I to judge or tell you who God is? You know. Well, who do you think God is? How do you define that? Ultimately, as Bob, Bob Marley said, God is love. And if we can connect on that, then, you know, I can connect with, connect with you. Sure, people make uh, evil and hate their God, and that's not a vibration I resonate with. But for me, God is is love, and that love is the driving force of all of my life and all of existence. If I choose to perceive that, and I do. So you believe that God is the the creator? Yes. Yeah. And what do you say to those folks that disagree, the atheists, for example, that say there's no way there's a God? That's their choice, and I hold space for that. You don't have to believe what I believe. And if you want to choose, there is no meaning to life. Okay. Um, that said, I also have the choice to hold the boundary. And if um, if you're going in that direction and I'm going in that direction, then so it is. And I'm not saying that you can never open the door and join me. But my door is always open. Um, have I questioned existence? Have I doubted God? Have I even hated God sometimes in my life? Yes. So I can hold space for that, too. So, yes. So you're open to multiple interpretations, it sounds like. Whatever somebody perceives uh, is is there. That's that's their choice. But do you believe that do you believe that we like meet God one day once we're out of this? What, what happens to us after we pass on? What do you think? Hmm. I'm ultimately, I think 
death is an illusion. Love is forever growing and expanding. It never truly dies. So if you have chosen the path of, of love, then ultimately death is not something I fear. I trust that whatever happens when this body, this avatar retires, that there is a, a boundless form I'm entering, maybe another form um, that is open to interpretation. I still have many decades of life, I pray, uh, to dive deeper into that question. Um, and yet some people feel that there is fear and doom. And um, I think that's a choice. But I feel that um, you can make that choice here in this present moment. Uh, what? How would you, let me ask you, Rayleigh, how, how would you, if you had a chance, I, I interviewed an atheist uh, several months ago. Uh, Elizabeth Enton, it was earlier in 2023. You can check out the episode. I'll, I'll, we'll probably link it here in the show notes too, just to, because uh, she's got the complete opposite view that you do. Mm-hmm. She's not God-fearing. She's not God-believing. She says, you have to show me. You have to show me physical evidence, I think is kind of what, what her message was, to, to make me truly believe that this almighty power exists. And I asked her, I said, well, you you believe that you breathe oxygen, right? And she says, yes. And I said, well, you don't see that. I mean, so why is that? Why don't you need physical evidence of that? <laughs> but but you need physical evidence of this. So what would you say to her if uh, if you two were here chatting right now? Actually, I love, I love that statement. I love that question because I want God to also show me that God is real. And when I, when I pray, when I have faith, when I trust that things get better, that people can heal, that I can heal, then I open the door of opportunity for God to manifest in my physical reality. And it's those moments of synchronicity, those aha moments, the the magic of life that, you know, it doesn't happen every day. But when it does, you're like, okay, yes, something, this was beyond me. I couldn't have created this by myself. This This is unreal. This was out of this world. So I actually welcome that. And I encourage that. To show me. And I ask God that I ask the angels. I pray every morning. God, please show me. Show me guidance. Show me, show me your real. Show me the divine. And for me, God shows up because I'm open to receive that. So you would say to her, Elizabeth, you're not open to receiving. Hmm. Perhaps. What what kind of questions would you ask her if she were here right now? Does she love? Does she believe in love? How does love show up? What if she says to you? What if she says, "Yeah, let, let, let's play. Let's let's play the game." <laughs> uh, she says, "Yeah, of course, Rayleigh. Of course, I believe in love. I've been in love many times. I love all my family and friends." Why? Why are we here to love? Why does love exist at all? Or else, would we have any meaning? Meaning to be here? And, and she to- says, she says, oh, the meaning is to to better the planet. Because, you know, mm-hmm. some of these questions that you're saying right now, she we did talk this. And mm-hmm. she believes that we're here to further the humanity, further the mm-hmm. planet, whatever that looks like. Oh, yes. I actually love that you're you're drawing up that it's not so different. Because in, in my book and in my work, when I work with clients, I, I want to connect. I I know that my purpose is not to identify with one specific religion, because I believe that we're all here on this journey of human existence to grow and to learn and to expand. We get to define that, whatever that means to us. Uh, and if you have chosen the path of love, then 
you're already believing in something beyond yourself. You've already given a significance to life. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I couldn't define it and tell you, you know, the true definition of what atheism means to her. That that would take days of of, of true getting to know somebody. Well, what's ironic about her too is that mm-hmm. she's an atheist, but she believes that there's an afterlife, mm-hmm. which to me is kind of an oxymoron. If you really dig deep and think about that. Because if there's an if there's an afterlife, who's create? How is this possible? How is this created? Who's the owner? You, you know what I mean. Like if you believe that we go, our spirits and souls go on to something else. How? How do you believe that? But there's the, it just happens. There's no powers. There's no there's no authorities above to to allow that to happen. It's interesting. It's an internet conundrum, isn't it? Uh, yes, uh, the paradox of of time and reality. It, I've been really, really diving into that philosophically recently, uh, because we're always kind of dying to ourselves in this in this reality in this lifetime. I'm constantly dying to myself all the time, and I'm re- being reborn into new identities. I choose, you know, giving up that that identity and choosing to give myself a new life, and that's happening all the time. And love is always expanding and. I'm questioning things. So, you know, what is time? What is death? And do I even really go somewhere? Or is it here? Is it here all the time? Or is it always coming? Am I always going? Who knows? Who can define that? And that's what I think is so cool uh, as being a human that I don't have that answer, but I get to explore it all the time. Mm. Um, It's the big mystery. The big question. And you're still on your journey. There's a lot of learning to be had still. The journey never ends. It never does. So your medical school journey ended. Yes. <laughs> your spiritual journey will never end, but your medical school journey ended. Talk to us. Why? What, what happened that you were, you were preparing, you were going to medical school, and then something changed for you? What, what happened? Mm. Um, I'll say that the driving force of that past for me in my life has been seeking identity as a healer. That is my soul calling. I love to heal. So the identity for me of being successful as a young, intelligent woman of color, I thought, be a doctor. So I did everything I could to pursue that. And I got into this prestigious scholarship uh, where it pretty much guide me and transition me right into medical school. Um, And I was treated as a medical student, a scholar, very young. And by the time I was about to sign papers and finish the MCAT and all that process, I realized that I was very sick. And how could I help people heal if I was not healed? And I gave up in that moment. I don't have to be that. I don't have to force myself into this identity. I know if I follow this soul calling, there's an alternative path for me. So on faith, I gave it up. And that was crazy to give up the opportunity. How disappointed were your parents? Oh, my God. That was crazy. Um, You never tell an Asian grandmother that you don't want to be a doctor anymore. (laughs) Um, And my family's. You know, all worked really hard generations to come to America. And here I am at this amazing institution, university of higher education, and I gave it up. <laughs> I gave it up. So you're, you're. What's your descent? What's your background? You said woman of color. What, what where, where are you from? What exactly are you? Um, well, my mom's family. They're from Puerto Rico, and my dad's family. They are Mountain Yard Indian of the mountains of Vietnam. Wow. Cognards. That's quite that's quite the uh, diverse background, huh? A little bit, I would say so. Um, it's a gift and a blessing to 
Why is it a why is it a a a gift and a blessing? It. I call myself a mutt because I can uh, really connect to anyone truly culturally. Um, being I have race mixed race of, of almost all all race and ethnicity, all in my blood, so I can connect. And yet the curse is I cannot connect to everybody. I don't mm. truly identify with one community. I can kind of. I was going to ask you that. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I was going to ask you that because. It is beautiful. You have uh, uh, you have all these different ethnicities and backgrounds, and you're you, you are the self proclaimed mutt. Uh, so that there's, there's <laughs> that's nice in, in one aspect. But I assume too, there's the challenge growing up. Like you never really have a group to fit into. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? That was always always for me. I was always very awkward. I didn't really hang out with the Hispanic kids because I wasn't fluent in Spanish. I didn't feel black enough. I didn't feel white enough. I didn't feel Asian enough. Uh, so I was always that girl just kind of feeling by herself, writing writing poetry <laughs> with the English teachers or um, just really throwing myself into academics and uh, self-development, just being me. How did that impact you emotionally, where you always felt like you weren't quite, you didn't meet quite enough criteria of each of those groups? You were always floating it probably had an impact on your self-esteem. How did you how did you manage that going into your young adult life? Definitely impacted my self-esteem, my self-worth, and confidence. Um, and yeah, I have this huge love and compassion for anybody, uh, literally anyone. I just pour. I want to love on on anyone who I come in contact with. And yet, at the same time, it's um, I feel this position in myself to. Uh, remain and be authentic and that is the hardship every single day is who is Rayleigh and how can I remain in alignment with who she really is without trying to be someone else Um, and I have this uniqueness that it's very different sometimes because I don't see myself often in my world especially where I am now I live in the mountains where wealthy rich retired white people live (laughs) and then they see me walk in and they're like who are you Okay, so let's get into some of that because you you are you have you took this complete life change career shift, yeah. uh, helping people, um, healing generational disease and poverty, and beginning a career as an entrepreneur. I'm reading some of this of your bio, and now you're leading a national effort to open doors to more empowered, holistic, and healthy pathways in both lifestyle and career, particularly for communities of color. So let let me ask you this one, because I always find this very peculiar and interesting. And then we'll get into some of your stuff. If a white person said, I'm interested in helping people, but particularly white people, that comes across as harsh and it would be shunned and looked frowned upon, right? I mean, let's just call it what it is. That That would be racist, I think, to most people. But when a minority has that position and wants to help people of their own race, ethnicity, religion, whatever, um, it's not looked at the same way. Why do you think that is? When we're surrounded in a culture and a society that we are immersed in every single day, we don't have the opportunity to sometimes see what doors are closed and what doors are open. Um, especially if the doors have always been open. (laughs) Um, 
And that's a good question I've been diving into. I did um, retire that role as an executive working on um, diversity, equity, inclusion in the outdoor industry. Um, and I I'll give the example of this uh, to hopefully illustrate simply. Uh, when you go into any grocery store in America, uh, whether it's a Publix, a Walmart, an Ingalls, most of the foods are adapted to the culture. And yet you go in the aisle and there's like one little freezer section that's for ethnic. Or there's one aisle that's specifically for the Asian people. That one little tiny section, right? And then that's that's my option. If I want to relate and find a food that has been um, in my blood and in my DNA that my body enjoys, I grew up around family tradition. That's my one little section to go to. Uh, but if you grew up eating everything that's in the store already, then you don't even think about it. You don't even think, oh, I have all this food, all this opportunity around me. I've never questioned it until you put yourself in the shoes of someone else and you realize, dang, all I have is this Goya product and it's not even good. Also, it poisons me because it's full of MSG, <laughs> which all the food in our grocery stores, that's a whole other topic, is filled with poisons and chemicals and it's tragic. But um, I would compare it to that. Um, but I have, I, I love that you, you brought it up because I will say and be honest that I, I have taken that out of my bio. I don't want to particularly invite only communities of color. I hope that white women identify with me as well because I am, I do have white DNA. And, um, it was a beautiful journey working with that company. Uh, but now I, I have a more expansive vision in mind. Mm. So to me, it sounds like you attribute it to, uh, kind of an underdog thing where the smaller the group, the 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 less they're they're in a disadvantaged position, regardless of the minority. I think it sounds like I'm just trying to understand the psychology behind it in, as us as a people, as a country, as a nation. It's complex. and it is complex. And uh, but you know, so, but but that makes sense. That it's like, hey, the little guy. We got to lift the little guy up. We need more people to be advocates for the little guy. So we then say we're going to be a representative of this community or this community or that community. Whereas when a white person says, I, I, I want to only advocate for white people, it has a completely different feel to it. Yeah. Very peculiar. Um, and for me right now, it is having a voice. And I want to continue on my path of being an author and a speaker uh, knowing that I'm a young woman of mixed race and heritage, and there's not many of me having a voice. So I have this this drive, this passion, this responsibility to have a platform to be heard and hopefully inspire others and um, really encourage diversity of thought. Because if we have more diversity in thought, that is how we can create more more love and healing in our society in a way that reaches everybody. So you stop going to medical school and then you go right out into the the mountains of North Carolina uh, take us through that briefly like first of all how do you have the courage I mean I'm sure you're going to tell me you were being called by God I mean there, you have to have you have to have something that feels so extraordinary so outside of your being because you're 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 offending your you're upsetting your family you're upsetting your grandma Nobody ever wants to upset their grandmother. No. You know, your parents, it's okay. You know, but the grandma, it's a little different. You're upsetting everybody. You've worked hard to get to this point. You're ready to go off to medical. 
and you just say, no, I'm not going to do this now. You have like an awakening moment, it sounds like. Take us through it. It's when you reach that point of a full surrender to fate and destiny. Um, you know, I like to say that there's always that that calling on your spirit. of You know what you really want to do and what you should do, but you don't answer it yet because of fear. You don't answer it yet. You don't answer it yet. And then one day, the spirit will just bust on that door. <laughs> and for me, it was my health. Um, when when I'm embodied in myself, when I'm present, I realize like I'm not okay. Um, I can't be okay in this position. I, I I was forced truly to have my awakening moment and pursue healing. And that's what I did. And it was a pursuit of God listening to God and always had those dreams and visions of what I truly wanted. And um, I went to go for it because the opposite for me, the opposite choice was possibly death, possibly addiction, possibly depression and suicide. If I continued forcing myself in that role, Wow. So you, let me just interject. So you were you were you were feeling depressed at that point in your life about the direction your life was going. Yes, I could see it. Um, well, if I was already physically ailing, I was having severe anxiety and depression. Like doctors are already starting to diagnose me. I come from a family where, you know, lots of mental illness, especially having escaped war, literal war, experienced war. Um, so. I, I saw that in myself. I don't want that path. I don't want that path for future generations of my family. I don't want to be bipolar and I want to do something different. Mm. So I went I went to heal and I became a farmer <laughs> in the mountains and my family generation, the family fought to come to America and have this modern life. And yet I'm like, I'm going to go back. <laughs> I'm going to go back to farming. I'm going to heal my body and then I'll figure things out. So th that's that's incredible that you had that kind of insight at what twenty three years old, give or take. Yeah. Uh, and then you stop. You defy all odds. You you say to yourself, "I need to put myself first. I'm putting my family. I'm putting all these outside influences of, in front of my own. This is my life." I feel like a lot of us struggle with that. I mean, most people struggle with that in some fashion, whether they want to admit it or not. And, and we're always doing other things to make others happy. You got to make your, you got, this is your life. You've got one chance at this thing. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you recognize there is a point, like if I keep going to make everyone else happy, I may not want to even be living here anymore, living on this, in this earth anymore. Mm -hmm. And then why would I want to put my hands on other people's bodies to heal them if, if I'm not healed? How can I'm you heal healed. somebody if you're sick? Exactly. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So keep that in mind when you go to, for healing to a doctor, you know, do they do they love themselves? Because mm. uh, you're going to them for leadership of what does it mean to take care of myself? And yes, choosing to love myself and heal myself. People called me selfish. I lost a lot of friends. My family did not understand. I felt very isolated. And yet I was choosing it because I wanted to heal not just myself, but my family. I say that in my bio. It was, it was for generational healing. Because I know that I'm going to be the mother of children one day. Hopefully, I pray. So if I make this choice right now as I'm young to choose me to heal, then possibly generations after me have that same opportunity. Mm. And that's important. So you mentioned the thing about if you're sick, it's impossible to heal somebody else. What if a doctor is is sick? What, what would you Would you send your child to a 
to a doctor who is not healed themselves? And, and if do you believe that that person could even help your child? If I was in that situation, I would be like, why are you here? <laughs> go heal, go take care of yourself, go home. But how would you know? How would you know that the pediatrician isn't healed? I wrote that when I made that decision. I wrote that when I'm in a room or when I walk into a room, I want people to feel my energy. I want them to feel peace. I want them to feel hope. I want them to see the light of a face in my eyes. I want to be the embodiment of my healed and whole self. And when I walk in a room and someone reflects that back to me, that's how I'll know. And three years later, when I walk in a room, people literally, it's so weird, people literally tell me, oh, you have this beautiful aura. I just feel so at peace with you. Just Your smile is beautiful. And I realized I've come a long way. You do, have a, you do have a very welcoming and warm aura. I will, <laughs> and I'm not with you in the room, but we're close enough here talking on, on video. And you could definitely feel that. So whatever work you've been doing, it has been working. So take us through it. Where, how, first off, how do you find a place in the wilderness, like on your own at 23 years old? <laughs> um, well, it's called Wolfing. So it's called Wolfing? A, it's called Wolfing. It's this organization I looked into uh, because I, I wanted to find education, immersive education to become a farmer. How, how do you spell that, if you don't mind? I think it's W-W-O-O-F-I-N-G. It's an international organization. It's two W's? Go, yeah. Okay. And you can go anywhere in the world and intern on someone's farm and, and in exchange for a room and board. Um, and it's the most sketchy thing you could possibly do. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. But I was very fortunate uh, to find a beautiful family that took me in. And it was four months. I lived in a cabin and I drank the cleanest mountain fresh water I ever had in my life. Uh, I, I ate heirloom vegetables first time. I grew up on like, food stamps, eating, you know, trash. So for the first time I'm eating like sourdough bread and fresh, fresh duck. <laughs> and um, I felt so rich and yet I was making $100 an hour. But I reclaimed my health. You were making $100 an hour or? No, sorry, a week. Like a week. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, okay. Nothing. No money, right? Uh, broke just fresh out of college. And yet um, I was healing immensely in that four month time. And I got off all the medications that doctors put me on to force myself to be the academic. Um, and it was beautiful. <laughs> and how many years have you been doing that now for? Uh, I'm still still gardening, still farming. And that's been three years. And I've learned, I've learned everything from, from how to work with cattle to plant medicines to um, every vegetable and fruit you can imagine, food forestry. Well, I've learned it all. What, what do you what do you attribute all this positivity and, and uh, psychological, you, you know, the, these enhancements that you've made to your mental health, your psychology, your, your psyche, uh, these spiritual healings, your relationship with God? I mean, what, what, what are some of the things that you, you uh, accredit that to over the last few years? Oh, you mentioned it all. Um, obviously, I'd always say uh, God and spirit, um, but really the the pursuit of of freedom, feeling trapped in trapped in a life that 
yes, I, I, I spawned here. That's not my identity forever. And knowing that I can transform, I can liberate, I can elevate my life and become any, anything I want to be. The fact that I got into that medical program so young, like going into college, it showed me, dang, I can, I can co-create and manifest almost anything. Um, so I, I truly believe in that. And my recent transition was giving up a, a high corporate uh, executive position. I was sitting at in Zoom rooms and tables with the top CEOs in America at 25, 26 years old, just a few months ago. And I said, never mind. <laughs> I don't want this. And who does that? Who gives it up? It's because I, I know that there's always more for me. I know that the universe is always guiding me on my, my path that's for me. And I trust it. I really what has the outdoors and nature done for you? It helps me feel, I think it's just freedom. I'm really in this vibration of freedom right now. Um, pursuit of my wildest self, the pursuit of what does it mean to be authentic? And the more I have found that the more I connect to nature, I connect to myself, the more natural I am, the more authentic I am, the more authentic I am, the more abundant I become. Mm. That's what people buy. That's what people want to invest in. When they see someone who's in their light and in their shining self and walk in a room and sing and dance and they look happy, people want to know what is that and how can I get some? <laughs> so that's helped me become an entrepreneur as well. Talk to us about your, your coaching business. You, you mentioned entrepreneur. You're truly living your authentic self, I can tell from our, our brief conversation here. I mean, that's that's why I, some, I'm not sure you would be this happy had you not gone through all the things that you had gone through until you got to that age of 23? Uh, you, you know, if you always had it, like your parents were just like, do what you want and your grandma didn't care and blah, blah, blah. And maybe you didn't feel marginalized because you never sure, were sure which group to fit into growing up. You, you, so maybe partially you didn't feel like you were ever enough because you were never enough to fit in with any group. And there's all these different things. I'm not so sure that you would be so well advanced because i'll say you're you're in your 20s and you seem to have a plethora of emotional intelligence wisdom spirituality i'm not sure you would be living it to this extent so soon had you not had all that stuff from your past absolutely um when you see me here and i'm i'm shining and i'm happy it is not without immense intense deep suffering and that's for anybody we look up to uh, i studied a lot of my maya angelo Tich not Han, of how deeply they've suffered in life. And yet you read their poetry, you, you hear them speak, and you're like, wow, I want to be like that. But do you? <laughs> um, so, so yes, it's, it's a spectrum. The, the deeper, the depth of my suffering, also the highest of my joy. And mm. I won't ever exchange that for anything else. Beautiful I'll, stuff. I'll take it. Beautiful stuff. <laughs> Conscious Lifestyle Coaching is the name of your uh, coaching business. Talk to us a little bit about exactly what you're doing, who the type of people are that you're helping and the impact that you're having. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the company came to me same time that I was deciding to give up the medical past. Um, so I've been building it since 2019. I uh, just recently have gone full time with it and people I tend to work with, I have found are um, transitioning through significant life change, obviously, or they're going through a spiritual awakening or they're on the path of self-development and healing, spirituality. And to me, it's all the same thing. We talked about, you know, possible, what does death mean earlier? And it's again, it's the ego death all the time of how do I, 
how do I reform myself? How do I heal this? How do I change that? Um, and that's awesome. That means constantly continuing to um, expand who you are and revise your thought and do something different. Uh, so I like to provide the tools that I've learned on my journey. I'm not a therapist. I don't give answers or solutions to anyone's journey. I just share my own stories and share my medicines. And if we connect, uh, then I can walk with you and hopefully inspire you to keep going. Um, and it, it holds me accountable. And I, I love what I do. And um, I hope to influence not only individuals, but corporate, corporate corporations, businesses. Um, and um, I'm in a perfect place to do that. And I invite people to join me and meet me in the wilderness. Literally, let's go on a retreat. Let me take you to the water. Let me uh, let me help you go swim in a waterfall. And let's talk about it. How did that make you feel? How did that renew your spirit? Um, and just knowing that you can live the life of your dreams. Mm. Each day, just take a one moment. Do something different. ConsciousLifestyleCoaching.com. We've linked it in the show notes. Uh, talk real quickly, too. What kind of impact are you having? Talk. Give us an example of maybe a, somebody that comes to mind. You don't need to tell us their name, of course, but someone, what were they struggling with and, and what you've helped them get through? There's so many. <laughs> There's so many. Um, I like to think of the children I've worked with who... had opportunity to not be present out of around anyone else's trauma and to have this sacred space to be a child, to be with himself. And I have these memories, these moments of sleeping under the stars, sleeping beside waterfalls, meditating, eating around a fire with the children. And this was before conscious lifestyle coaching. But that sacred space is what I want to give to people and to remind them to give themselves. So recently I've been taking a lot of um, maybe women in their 30s and they'll, they'll call me and typically they have to make a huge choice in their life and they want to but they're afraid. Uh, but they know it's their soul calling of um, maybe their, their dream job. So I invite them to come with me and to go on a hike and I know they, they don't hike, it's especially um, black women. They're so afraid because of the stories and ancestral traumas of what the woods meant to us, right? Um, and we're hiking down and the woods get darker and darker and we get to the water and it's the cleanest, like bright blue water they've ever seen. And I'm just saying, let's just get in it. <laughs> and like, I hold these spaces and sometimes I'm like, just get naked just <laughs> go for a minute be be wild and every single time i've done i've done this with maybe 15 women in the past few months uh they come out crying and um just just released free mm. and then they we hike back up the mountain literally hiking up back up the mountain you know they're stripping wet still and they're dirty and <laughs> go home and they're like i'm free i can i can do this if i can do that if i can do what really scared me today what scared me the most then who what is to stop me from making this choice right now to call this person up and say no choose me this time and um it's taking that transformative journey of the physical body and making it mental making it spiritual and hopefully mm. they carry that spirit wherever they go and that's it i choose me this time 
That's very powerful. I think I just came up with the name for this episode. I choose me this time. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> because um, that's what I had to do in the past few weeks uh, to walk away from my executive role. It was very hard. Because who am I at 26 year old, years old to walk away from that kind of opportunity again? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I've questioned myself, like, why? Of course. Am I of course you do. But you know what your calling is and you know what your mission and what your purpose is and, and you're living it. And you're living it to the highest authenticity. ConsciousLifestyleCoaching.com, guys. Check it out. Link in the show notes. If you want to learn more, talk to Rayleigh. Find out more. Go there. You could see a bunch of her stuff and her book. Uh, anywhere else people could find you online, social media, et cetera. Oh, yes. Um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Rayleigh Dushan. You probably will find me and please stay connected on the journey. Thank you so much for this today. This was fantastic. Thank you.